Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Just the Basics. I'm Tommy Bowles. And I'm Matt Shaw. And we're bringing you the beat once a week here. So last week, we talked about melodic minor scale and harmonic minor, all that stuff. The week before, we talked about the blues scale. Um, and so we were going really in-depth on some things. But I think this week, we're going to kind of expand a little bit and not talk as focused like it's not going to be as in-depth of a conversation on one specific thing um well i guess it is one specific thing but the whole point of this conversation is to make it a broader spectrum that doesn't really make any sense but (laughs) um we're going to talk about genres and styles and all that good stuff um yeah because nowadays like yes people what type of music do you listen to they say i listen to all music but you know they really don't they just don't know what to call what they actually listen to because there's Usually, so yeah. many styles out there. It's ridiculous. Like even in just a and jazz. And it's cool to be the person that likes everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, even the jazz idiom, I mean, you got hard bop, you got bebop, you have, um, you have swing, you have the yep. New Orleans jazz, you have the Chicago style stuff. And then even East coast versus West coast, big band is a big difference. So, There's so many Mm -hmm. small little things about it that people that live in the jazz world don't like calling it jazz because it's too all-encompassing. But there are a lot of things today that we really should just call under a big blanket because if you don't, otherwise you'll spend hours just trying to define what it is that you actually listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, And plus, we were looking for something that works from culture to culture and works in different countries and different parts of the country and that sort of thing because you what we call popular music here is not what they're going to call popular music in the UK or in China if they listen to music in China uh. <laughs> I'm sure they do <laughs> sorry that was mean that was bad um, but anyway so we were looking for something that covers all these things so um, Matt made a good worksheet of it that I agree with completely. It makes perfect sense that kind of takes all these broad, all these individual and small little things and puts them into four main categories. It makes it really easy to understand. Um, yeah. I, I kind of based the way that I did this, which um the, the way that I did this, I did it to write a curriculum um, like a year ago or something like that. And uh, it's intended for a, a class that you explore your personal style as a uh, individual musician. So it, you have to learn the expanse of genres and styles that can be incorporated into your playing and learn how that works so that you can develop your own personal voice from the styles that you're passionate about. Um, so to uh, do that, I took an idea of a, uh, of, genre categorization that we were taught back in college where there's um, popular music which is the self-explanatory and then there's art music which is the stuff that isn't really relevant but it's still alive blah 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 and then there's folk music which is It was always a little tricky to understand what that was intended for one because these days folk is kind of popular but yeah folk is its, it's own it's, genre nowadays right right but the folk in this case is more so uh the music that is 
it's it's for the locals, which doesn't make sense these days because of the internet. So I guess you'd have to almost talk on a national scale when you're talking folk music, but that's that's what it means. Like back at like a hundred years ago, that was like Delta Blues was folk right. music, and then you had because Chicago it was blues. blues in the Delta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, uh, the hills of Mississippi. I don't know if Mississippi has hills. Now I feel kind of dopey. Uh, the, <laughs> the hills of Kentucky, you'd have a, a bluegrass band out there. That's folk music. Not because it sounds like a hipster with an acoustic guitar singing about his girlfriend is sort of nice. It's because it's something that's very specific to a region. And it doesn't really break through into the popular realm because it doesn't actually care about that. It's making music because it makes music. Right. So taking that idea, I thought that's a that's a good way of thinking about it, but I think we can expand it a little bit more so that we can have a better idea of all right. the thousands of genres that are out there because there are people that um they'll do anything to be their own genre. So they'll do something weird that doesn't sound good just so that they can call themselves Hoogly Duke. Yeah, or like if you look at like um <laughs> metal when you talk to people that are mm-hmm. fans of metal there's so many different types of metal and I, I don't understand that like i've listened to them before i don't hear the differences personally it's all yeah but like it's very so, difficult to identify that stuff yeah it's like so i think it's a lot of it is made up but i i kind of agree with that i think certain bands just call themselves something different just to make it different even though it really isn't a different Good marketing enough. ploy yeah, it's really not different enough to make it its own genre. And it's a good way to connect with that audience that likes that sort of I don't want to call it pretentious, but I'm sure you listeners have met people that are that's actually harder power grindcore extreme, not screamo. Yeah. Um, and then you're just like, well, it sounds like that to me, and I don't mean to be rude, but at the same time, we as jazz musicians, we have we do that, that huge realm the where there's like a, a, it's like someone's like, oh, that sounds like it's New Orleans. And you're like, excuse me, it doesn't emphasize the fourth beat enough. So actually, it's Dixieland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we do that, too. It, it's just it or the hard happens to be bop. a little bit more detailed in our end of things than so the metal community kind of has that jazz community or really even the classical community style of uh having nitpicky reasons of defining styles and i guess if there's a legitimate reason to justify it well then cool but sometimes it's just like oh i don't know it's just what they call themselves it's like well that's just rude yeah exactly (laughs) yeah there's so many different ways to do it so um let's go ahead and just go ahead and jump into it and uh give our four so the first one is pretty self-explanatory i feel like it's popular Mm -hmm. music um the key thing about this though is popular music that doesn't mean pop like here in the states you know we our most popular music is pop music and that's its own genre but as far as what we're talking about in our thing here it doesn't necessarily mean just pop it could Mm -hmm. mean hip-hop it could mean rap it could mean um folk music it could mean k-pop depending on where you're from whatever is most popular in that area that would be considered the popular music umbrella of things 
and it has more than one genre in there. All the most popular things are in that genre of it. Yeah. So for me, I think uh, popular music itself, like you said, it, it changes from day to day. Like today, pop it is at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Rhymes, but um. Oh gosh. In a don't start in a couple like years, what is song. quote unquote the style of pop might not actually be popular anymore. Um, right. And we might call something different pop just because it's at the top of the charts, but. I feel like now we have a pretty defined um, idea of what pop sounds like. We've had it that way for quite a few decades. Um, I almost feel like the pop sound we have now stemmed off in the 80s and has grown because and because rock went its own direction and pop kind of came into its own. And now we have what we've got now. And you all know everything because you've heard it a bazillion times. Um, the other styles that I think are up there right now, it would be folk, which we mentioned. Um, rap is pretty doggone big. And I it pains me to say it, but I feel it wouldn't make sense unless we put country at the top. Country's direction is more of a country pop. So for a lot of the country, country is popular music, and I yeah. can't. Well, um, and it depends what like part of the country not. you're in, too. Like, if you go to a restaurant in South Carolina, you're going to hear country music playing over the radio, guarantee it. Uh-huh. It's yeah. just, you know, or Tennessee or wherever you're at, it's, it's, it's really popular right now. But if you're in New York, no. Yeah, you won't hear it as much there. That's a place that has country. But that's why... So that is this, a bit regional, but that's exactly why this... Yeah, it, it, like you are going to say. It's exactly it's why this works. Thing. This way of defining it works because of the fact that it's not the same thing everywhere. So you having these big blanket categories like this really works to study how you feel about the music and what is in your area. Um, uh-huh. And it's also like you were talking about how it's different from day to day. Like back in the 1940s, jazz swing, big band swing in the 40s and 50s, that would have been the popular music of the day. So that would have fit into the pop category. It doesn't fit into the pop category now, not even close. But back then, yeah. that's what it was. So, and a few hundred years ago, you had Baroque. Yeah, exactly. You had Bach was the guy. Or as Adam Neely says, Bach. I don't know how the right way to say <laughs> it is, but he always says Bach. Um, I ho- hope that's a joke, because I don't think that's correct. I don't know. He always says that. Uh it was interesting. He actually did a video the other day um, because of... Did you see the thing that Google did for, um, for Bach's birthday? Yeah, yeah. The thing where it let you uh, write a little thing to do. And, and they would harmonize it. The thing that I wrote for it totally confused the computer and it sounded terrible. Yeah, none of the harmonizations made any sense at all. Like it was putting... Yeah. Starting you off on five chords and not one chords and... Because everything in their key signature was in the key of C, but I think it based the key off of whatever your first note was and just said, okay, that's what key it's in. I think that's I what it know. was. I didn't, I didn't listen to it close enough. I just knew as soon as, because I wrote it uh, all eighth notes in a box style, because I was like, let's right. see what it does with that. If it'll actually be able to harmonize that many notes or, or not. So it was just a, a sequence yeah. pattern of, uh, of eighth notes, and it got job. super confused. Yeah, it it was fun looking, but it didn't actually really work. But it's kind of an interesting concept of it. Um, so sure. Adam Neely put the lick in there. Um, 
And um, it was terrible. The harmonization it came up with was just like, ugh. It, it was so bad, but it was so bad, it was, it was almost good. Like, it was kind of fun. <laughs> That's fun. Um, anyways, that had nothing to do with what we're talking about. I guess it kind of did, but not enough to keep going on that tangent. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the popular if music If the popular stuff, viral community tries to do stuff from the, uh, the old days, they can't get it right. <laughs> so, popular, stay in your realm. Leave the art to us. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, you I guess that's a good segue. <laughs> I guess that's a good segue to talk about art music. Um, I feel yeah. like art music yeah. is the other big category. So you have popular music and you have art music. Um, the other two I, are important, but I don't think they're as big as those two. Um, well, one of the two I think is the biggest. It's just not the, uh, not the most, quote unquote, most relevant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't see it as much. Well, I mean, you do, but it's not as defined. Um, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there, guys. You'll be fine. Don't worry. Hold on to your seats. Room, <laughs> <laughs> room. Oh, my gosh. It's like a roller coaster trying to sit here and listen to us. <laughs> um, so the next one, art music. Um, art music is basically, I mean, it's like, it's music that is kind of quote-unquote dead music. I mean, it's not, it's not dead, but it's not like it used to be, like classical music. Um, romantic, broke, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then jazz is also an art music at this point, in my opinion. You don't have a lot of yes, it is. true jazz. Now, the new jazz stuff that you've got that's coming more popular, I feel like that probably fits into one of our other two categories, but that's not jazz in the sense of what jazz originally was. Like we said, like jazz is one of those, I kind of hate the term because it covers so many styles of music, it's not even funny. Like, if you look at um, modern fusion, stuff like that, it's not really jazz like what jazz originally was. So that's why I would call jazz an art music, because it's still there. People study it. It's more of an academic thing than an actually performed thing. You study it to get better at what you want to do today, not Mm -hmm. because you're going to make money playing it. Same thing with classical music, unless you're doing film scoring. Right. It, uh... Jazz is a very, very, very general term because it, uh, it's pretty much just a uh, a black hole of improvisation music where mm-hmm. it's just if someone plays a solo, it's just like come here, and that's just um, where it ends up. So you have fusion, you have swing, you have all these Latin styles, you have um, did I already say fusion? I don't know. Yeah, you did. Um, you have uh, uh, gypsy jazz. You have big band. Blah 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 blah. There's so so much in jazz. Just like there's so so much in quote unquote classical. I mean, I mean, classical is its own era. But I just use classical as a term that basically covers everything from baroque to the 20th century Gregorian um, chant compositions. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. it it's a huge expanse of styles as well. Um, but that that's, they kind of serve the same purpose, but alongside of, of those two, I kind of consider, um, progressive rock to be art music because, um, what I consider art music to be is 
a style where there's a lot of focus on achieving virtuosity. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, individual players and their creativity and their own personal voice. There's a uh, there's a culture of preserving history to it. So um, progressive rock players that uh, it, say like a Rush cover band, they're they're not exactly trying to. Um, they're not writing their own music. They are trying to play it just as Rush did. Now, of course, Rush is out there playing just as they did. So it's kind of weird, but it's still the same concept of trying to get it close to the way that Rush played it, just as someone that's playing a Mozart piece would try to play it the way they believe Mozart intended it to be. I like that you added the word uh, believe right there. Yeah, because we, we don't know, know how, how he played he it. We actually played it because we can't hear him. Exactly. You can't really uh, emulate those guys. You can emulate like WC forward because that's when recording started to happen. But anyway, that that's right, a whole right. new can of worms for, for their community. Yeah, I, uh, I also think bluegrass fits into here because uh, bluegrass is much closer to jazz than most people realize. It comes from the same exact traditions. There's a lot of improvisation. There's a lot about self-expression that's happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally uses the same form of melody, improv, melody. And so it's the same way of approaching a song that jazz usually does. And um, you already mentioned it, but film, video game scoring, all of that, which is basically um, classical orchestration. But that fits in here, too, mm-hmm. because, well, obviously, because it kind of falls under classical. Right. I like that you made There's other emphasis- stuff, too, but... Right. Well, I like that you made an emphasis on the virtuosity part of it because mm-hmm. that is very true. So in the classical world, they built things off of virtuosos that they discovered. Like the um Exactly. The Four Seasons Vivaldi. That was written because of violin virtuoso. Um Mozart all the stuff mm-hmm. Mozart did was because he was a virtuoso and people went to that they were drawn to the skill level of those performers and they wanted to take it all in even opera a lot of operas were written for a specific performer because of their skill set mm-hmm. um and the jazz world is like that too i mean look at john coltrane people love coltrane because of his ability and his you know his mastery of the instrument um charlie parker yeah exactly i we know a lot of people who are huge john coltrane fans just because of his his pure skill level or michael brecker i mean look at that man that mm-hmm. dude, his skills. A lot of people hooking up with uh, Miles Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of like classical players were so like uh, sketches of Spain. Mm-hmm. That's a big collaboration of someone that noticed him. Um, I can't remember that dude's name, uh, and I know it's a weird name, so I'm not going to try to pronounce it either. Um, you could probably just look it up, and I'm going to for the listeners. So hear the click clacks of that keyboard, right? Well, like in the piano world, you have like Art Tatum and um, Rachmaninoff and guys like that that are just such great virtuosos that people want to be just like them. Or in more modern stuff, I mean, look at Victor Wooten. People want to play just like Victor Wooten. So many people have emulated what he does on the bass because of how great he is. And he was emulating Jocko. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't even, yeah, he did it with a, he just played like Jocko, but with his thumb instead. I mean, everything else he tried to do, like he did an interview where he was talking about his use of harmonics, which 
uh, for those of you that don't know, harmonics on a string instrument are like a false note. It's not really there. So you do it by not pushing the string all the way down your fingerboard, but by um, just having your fing finger resting on the string at the point of the harmonic. So Jaco Pastorius mm -hmm. started doing harmonics all over the place, like in Portrait of Tracy or um, in, uh, was it Birdland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Birdland. Yeah, Birdland. It. That's what it was. Um, so he started doing those, and when Portrait of Tracy was released, Victor Wooten sat in his room all night trying to figure out how he played those notes because he had never heard anybody do it before. And so it still is an amazing story to me because Victor Wooten says he stayed up all night till he learned how to play it. So I don't know if that means one night or if it means he just didn't sleep for a week. I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, the story he told was one night, but who knows? I know that he, uh, I'm sure that he... He got it pretty doggone close. Uh, the sketches of Spain, the piano player Miles Davis met up with was Gil Evans. That wasn't as hard to pronounce as I Gil Evans, was. yeah. Well, he also played with... <laughs> he Bill. was an arranger and a composer. And yeah, he also played with Bill Evans a lot, too. So I can see how that would have been yeah. confusing. Yeah. I couldn't remember that either. Um, yeah, the virtuosity part of art music, I think, is important. Because people still, even today, like, if you look at... um like the Pops Orchestra and stuff like that, any or the Metropole or anything like that, they build these shows off of a soloist. And that soloist mm -hmm. is their virtuoso, quote-unquote, that comes up and performs. Um, and then the other point that you made on here, Matt, in our list is that it was, a lot of it is for historical preservation that people still play it, which I think is also very accurate. I mean, look at jazz. We study jazz, like we, we both have jazz studies degrees, like it's an academic thing. So we study it now to keep it alive, but mm -hmm. it's not like people are buying our records and that sort of thing. There's not a lot of that right, out there right, like right. it used to be. So a lot of it is because people love the music and they want to keep it there somehow. Um, same thing with classical music. It's not going to be something people listen to every single day unless you are in that world of art music where you want to keep it alive. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting right. thing about there. Yeah, I, I think backpedaling a little bit to the virtuosity thing. Um, the uh, Obviously, that's referring mostly to the players that are playing and those that are studying it to that are trying to reach it. But I think it also, in a way, it refers to the listeners as well, because a lot of the time listeners of art music be it the way that we used to be or the way a lot of people are, they get that uh, that bit of arrogant pretentiousness when they are uh, diving deep in that the music that they listen to is the the coolest cat around and they they want to know everything. They want to know that uh, Box Symphony 62 Op 5304 was in the key of blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like this. And they're so proud of themselves for knowing that because they've like achieved a virtuosity level of, of a listening practice. Right. <laughs> Which it sounds yeah. a little silly, but that is a lot of what um, that is. And that kind of goes in line with like the, uh, the guys that, or gals that love metal so much and are, piecing together all these different genres and exploring that like it's the same kind of practice where um 
you love it so much. And hopefully you reach a point that's not pretentious and arrogant because it's fun to really dive into all this and get so deep that you can tell the little nuances of difference and you can hear the difference between uh, early Beethoven to late Beethoven pieces, even though we can't actually hear the way he played it. Um, you can hear the differences in composition, but right. um, it, it's a fun part about it. But a lot of the time you also get audiences that are, they talk like they know a lot more than they actually do. <laughs> um, a lot of the time, the best listeners of these styles are the people that actually play it. Sometimes not. Sometimes the people that play these styles are real pain in the bootes, but hmm. hey, I'm a pain in the bootes, so I can't blame them. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's like, not as many people are going to flock to art music right now, but it is still a really important thing because people that study it, it gives you the foundation to know what the modern music, the popular music is built off of. It just gives you more stuff in your bag to pull out more tricks to use to, um, to further your music. Like, I don't know. I, I just think it's very... It's like, how you master the craft. Yeah, like... There are different harmonization techniques that they used to use that you can throw in in modern music that sounds like, oh man, nobody's really ever done that before. But really, in reality, people have been doing it for hundreds of years. You just didn't know it because it's not used today. Yep. Um, so I think it's a good thing to have, especially like we we're talking about the virtuosity standpoint and that sort of thing, because to be a really popular pop musician, or it, it, to be in the popular world, you don't have to be a virtuoso. As long as your music speaks to people and connects with people, you don't have to be the greatest on your instrument. Um, mm -hmm. But nowadays, your producer is almost more important than who you are. And if your producer knows the past, they can use that to guide your future. And uh, so I think that's why art music is still popular. So it's something to pull off of because it just like I say, gives you more, thing, more tools in the toolbox. Yeah. Um, so the next one, then, um, Matt, which one would you want to talk about next? Well, I think the, the next one, which I think is likely the biggest, is what I like to call crossover music. And what I mean by that is it's, a, it's any style that is probably going to, to be um, assimilated for maybe one hit or song by popular artists, but the style itself doesn't actually sustain itself um, inside of popular music. So, um, for instance, uh, Bruno Mars's Uptown Funk. That is 10,000% a funk song, as the title suggests, but funk music is not popular. Right. But Bruno Mars yeah, that one song made is a like song, the best song that was of all popular. Time. Exactly. That is a funk song done in the style of funk. It sounds like it through and through. A lot of the time, the artists that uh, that use um, quote unquote crossover styles, they don't do it well. So sometimes you'll hear uh, a reggae jam by a popular artist that's pretty doggone weak compared to what Bob Marley did. Mm -hmm. But um, sometimes they do it right. I think Uptown Funk, that was doing it right. That was doing it justice, right. and uh, it was appropriate. 
it went to the exaggerated lengths that funk music does. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. So the idea of these And is, it still had modern um, aspects to it, like the, um, mm-hmm. the speaking and that sort of thing, instead of just singing the whole thing. Right, right. So a lot of the time, and when this sneaks into popular music, it's because, like with Bruno Mars, it's like a celebrity popular musician uses a style that uh, isn't necessarily their own, where they typically lie in pop. Because, I mean, go listen to anything else Bruno Mars does. It's almost all very basic pop, and I don't like it. Uptown Funk, that's a big difference. That's like, hey, nice, you wrote an awesome song there. Good job. You used your voice, uh, that your talented voice, in a really cool way. That's awesome. Right. Um, I think, I think that, another... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, uh, I think these days, like, unfortunately, rock is now a crossover so in other words these styles are kind of dying down in their popularity or have already died out but they um they still have they still hold their relevance by occasionally appearing under uh popular names and there's still artists out there that play in these styles like wolfpeck they're a funk groove bit of jazz and r&b sprinkled in there so they, there's a lot of fusion of these styles as well. So you can hear a rock funk band or a, a blues hip hop band. <laughs> I'm trying to think of weird stuff. But this, there's a lot of mixing up in these styles. And I think that's why they blend well into popular music's, uh, the artists and their genres. Right. Because they're more of styles that can be used in accenting your music. But uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say another good example remember. of a crossover tune would be that uh, song Despacito that was yeah, just went yeah. huge. Now, that was not a true Latin style like people wanted it to be, but it pulled enough from that to all of a sudden be huge because it's something different that we don't hear. Like in our culture here in the States, we don't hear it all that often. So when that sort of thing hits, it's something unheard of. You know, it's kind of like, it's crazy. And that's another thing that why studying art music is important because you're pulling it out of the bag. It's more tricks that you have. And this is very similar. I mean, like funk comes from the jazz fusion realm. You're just pulling another Mm -hmm. trick out of the bag and more options to throw out there. Right. And I think that this is a, uh, this is definitely a, um, a part of the categories that can change. I mm-hmm. think that some of these can break into relevance if a specific artist um, goes far enough with it. Right. And I think that some of these might slip into the art music, um, which I feel the one of them that I put on my notes here is uh, R&B and mm-hmm. not like not like R and B, like rap, and now because R and B is such a big term in general. I mean, more of the older R and B, where it's soul or like Motown Marvin or Gay, what you might right. hear from, like from Amy Winehouse, her kind of a thing. That's that's R and B ish. Mm-hmm. Even what you might hear from Beyonce, even though Beyonce, when she releases something, it's huge. Her style isn't necessarily popular. It's right. more her name is. Um, well, it was the same so thing with in a way, Mars. she's kind of like a crossover artist that just happens to have a big enough name that she's allowed to use these quote unquote unpopular styles and make them work. Mm-hmm. One artist that kind of does that with the R&B style a lot is John Legend. He does a lot of stuff in that 
older R&B Motown type of style. Mm-hmm. Um, one and the the thing about crossover music is it can be different for the artist too. Like if like Marcus Miller's newest mm-hmm. album is called um, Laid Black. If you listen to that album, he Marcus Miller, you know, he's that I guess you'd call him fusion kind of guy. His his Maybe, his solo yeah. albums it fits more into that than anything else. I would say. Um, but his latest solo album incorporates stuff from incorporate stuff from more popular music into his playing. So for him, it's crossover music, even though it isn't in the overall grand scheme of things. Like he's got a song called Trip Trap. It's literally him playing slap bass to a trap beat. It's incredible. Like it's it's awesome. So you're taking these hip hop grooves and you're taking these modern influences and you're throwing it with his older style of music. So like in my mm-hmm. little world Marcus Miller's style of music is popular music to me. So I would consider right, the album right. to be crossover music in my world, in my voice of what I like. Um, now, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, sure. it's not. But for me, you know, but so yeah, crossover genre, I feel like you can kind of move it around a little bit because everybody does something that is them and then they do something with a little bit of a twist to make it more accessible to a different branch of people. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why adding this into the uh, the categories is important because it allows it it pretty much covers the majority of styles. Um, just because there's so much music out there, and if you were just like, all right, so this rock band, I guess they're popular, but no one really listens to rock anymore. Crossover. That's right. why rock has dissipated into being something that pop artists will use country artists will use folk will occasionally use if they plug in an electric guitar um but for the most part rock has kind of faded and most of the time rock is almost treated like an art art music uh style where there's it's more of listening to stuff from the 70s and 80s Right. But uh, or covering things from the 70s and the 80s. But there's still tons of rock bands out there that are making music. They're just no offense to them. They're just not that relevant. And the style has faded now into being something that's right there alongside the R&B players, the blues, the funk, the mm-hmm. uh, the true hip hop sound. Uh, I also included right. reggae here because that appears sometimes. But I mean. When was the last time you went to a reggae concert? <laughs> yeah, and right. I think uh, electronic and all of its forms is huge for this crossover style because our biggest um, artists in pop, like of course, they're using electronic a lot now, but they're not electronic artists. They're just utilizing it a lot of the time. So all those times you hear the uh, the dubstep tension build with a. Uh, the doubling time until the and a bass drop thing. That's just stealing it from electronic music mm-hmm. and, um, and putting it into pop, which we've heard that way too many times now. <laughs> um, it sounds much better when it's actually in electronic music and I like it, but a lot of the time pop music does it <laughs> and it just, when it resolves, it's so much weaker than it could be because they don't want to go that far and mask the uh, the singer's voice. But right. that makes sense. 
because in real electronic they they will they'll drop that beat yeah exactly <laughs> it'll get you there that that that's a a nice spot to be i and blow I, your I speakers out in the process oh yeah yeah you'll blow up your car on the highway oh gosh <laughs> but anyway let's move on to the last one which i uh, originally, when I made this course, I had popular crossover and art because um, using folk was a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, crossover is not the same thing as that uh, that organization style it's folk. This is the way that we explain it. But the last category I felt was necessary because even with those three, it still doesn't cover everything. Right. Because there's this this category, which I like to call niche music, which it's a style that it's so specific that it just can't fit into the realm of popular crossover or art. It's not preserving anything. Right. It's more experimental. It's very it, it's a it's written for a very specific audience from a very specific artist. And sometimes this the, the quote unquote niche, it's just like one artist. That's it. And probably the biggest instance of this, and if you want to say he's popular, I would say no, because his genre isn't popular. He himself is popular, and that would be Weird, Weird Al Yankovic. Right, yeah, he's, he's the only enormous. one. He's, uh, he's internationally famous, and everybody loves him. And I don't know a soul alive that doesn't. He's funny, and he's fun, and he does all this stuff, mm-hmm. but his style... He has an actual style of writing music. He infuses polka into popular sounds and uses comedy and parody. And and that's literally what he is. It's parody music. But um, it's a niche. Go find another band that does this. And it's probably not as good because there's not as good at it as Weird Al Yankovic is. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, so his style of comedy music, it's a niche style. The popular right. styles, they aren't doing it. They're not trying to make you laugh. And there are other comedy bands out there. There's a bajillion on YouTube. And there's some that I won't mention <laughs> here that I simply adore. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of the time with the, these niche styles, it's, it's, it's down to the wire on what makes it its own style. It gets very, very specific, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like we said with the metal stuff. Like sometimes it's this one tiny little thing about it that is the reason you consider it anything other than metal, right? So a lot of those styles fall into here because they're really weird and they can't really go anywhere else. No one will really want to use them. It's just if you feel like listening to this, here you go. Right. Um, yep. So the other stuff that I threw in here is um, ska. I think that that's a pretty relevant style that is just very, 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 very specific. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's not a lot of groups that are out there making ska music in the first place. Um, Some people like it. I kind of like it sometimes. I have to be in the mood because they do take a harsh approach to music. But it's, you know, it it goes here. I would even toss like Coltrane's... uh, not absolution, ascension, mm-hmm. like that stuff, the most avant-garde of jazz, I would toss it into niche. Because right. when you listen to it, like you're not listening to it like you do with other jazz. You're listening to it because you want to be one of the people that has listened to it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, for us. And if you hear someone performing person. that stuff, then whoa. I mean, they must have worked hard, and they're probably just doing 
they're making stuff up on the fly. I don't know anyone that's memorized Coltrane's Ascension. Hmm. Um, yeah. I and there, there's know. other styles like there's there's New Age, um, which it has its crowd, but it's very specific. Again, mm-hmm. um, a lot of older stuff like uh, medieval, a dude with a lute singing a song about the queen and how she stabbed the king in the butt. <laughs> um, that that's a niche for sure. And you'll just hear that at like a Renaissance fair. <laughs> Wait, what? Why would that be where they choose to stab? <laughs> Because it, uh, oh, I, I don't know. He was doing the naughties. <laughs> oh uh, I, I would, I would stick Gregorian chant in here, even though I absolutely love it. Like, I mean, it is a style of uh, of writing, and even though it's extremely respectable, like it's a niche. A lot of the time, you'll hear this utilized in um in classical writing. Uh, for like film or uh, or video games to create an epic um, atmosphere, but right. the style itself, like I mean, no one's actually writing Gregorian chant and recording it and selling it. It's a very niche style on its own. And then one of my favorites that always sounds pretty terrible. Um, I wish it sounded better, but it always just kind of make, makes me chuckle. Steampunk. <laughs> Steampunk yeah. music is weird, and it tries to use swing and industrial sounds sometimes. Uh, there, there's a movie that I watch with my uh, wife that's probably still on Netflix. I think it's called Jack and the Cuckoo Heart, and it, it's a, it's, I assume it's a steampunk movie. That's what it feels like, and the music in it is steampunk, and it's so bad. It thinks it's so much cooler than it is. And I, there's literally no movie I hate on this earth more than that stupid sort of kids movie. Too creepy to really be for kids. I would never show it to a child because I feel <laughs> like I would traumatize them and they'd need therapy for the rest of their life. But it, uh, it, it hurts me to just think about it. There's this weird beatboxing track on it that when... I'm upset. It like starts playing in my head and it makes me hate it even more. So if you're out there, people that made that movie, I'm sorry, but I hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> I love your attempt at making art and any of you musicians that were on it. All right. All right. All right. I still hate you. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, oh the niche, the niche stuff, it really doesn't cover that much, but I felt like it, this, this whole process, it needed one more thing to, um, to cover everything that's out there right. so that there's a place for everything. And, um, these, these four categories, they, they're all constantly in, uh, in a process of fluctuating and changing. So some styles move in and out. It's not just popular music. It's also the all four of them. There could be a day when comedy music is on top and it's popular and that's what everyone wants. And in a weird way, there are some days when viral stuff hits, like what does the fox say? When comedy music music is at the very tippy top of relevance, one could even probably get away with calling Gangnam Style comedy. I mean, watch the video and <laughs> tell me you don't laugh. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, one of the funniest videos I've ever watched. Yeah, that, that's true. I don't know how they could it have shot that It might be weird, but it's face. so funny. Oh, they, they couldn't have. They must have had so much fun with it. 
there's any video that I could be like, I wish I worked on. I mean, if I spoke Korean, that one would probably have been really fun because it's so ridiculous and <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. Um, so I've got a question for there you. There you go. Okay. Where would you put um, CCM into the mix? Christian music? Yeah. Uh, the um, contemporary Christian music. Where I actually thought that? about that. Um, obviously, Christian music is in like a constant state of being 10 years behind in its style assimilation. <laughs> well, not as um, much anymore. It's more on the forefront of things now. Um, a little. Yeah. A little. I'd still say it's it's pretty behind. Um, You've got a few obviously artists that are pushing the envelope. They're trying. They're trying. Um, <laughs> uh, if you can't tell, I don't really listen to Christian music anymore. But um, <laughs> not that I. Well, I'm I'm not usually the biggest fan of what comes out. But uh, I think worship music is probably within its own style. You might even you could probably get away with calling it niche just because it's for right. religion itself. I thought of sticking like uh, hymns, like Orthodox church hymns. That could probably go into niche. Right, that I probably mean, would too, because it's a very specific audience. It's like right. CCM music is really, is, it's pretty popular. I mean, there's a lot of people that listen to it, but it's not as popular as popular music. It doesn't really right, fit in right. the crossover. I, there are a few artists mm-hmm. that probably do, like Lauren Daigle. She, I would say she probably fits in that crossover. Um, cause she uses a mm-hmm. lot of elements from popular music, but it's still from the CCM style. Um, but it, it's not really, it, um, not art music, definitely not art music. So I feel like the, the no, niche is no. the best spot to put it. Yeah, it, it, it kind of all falls under niche in the grand scheme of things, but I think within its own realm, it kind of has its own thing going on where that you can say, okay, here's the whole scheme. Christian music goes under niche and then it goes its own little world that has popular crossover art and niche. Right. Although there's not that much focus on art music. It's more of popular crossover niche. Um, right. Where well, in this, the weirdest DCM stuff. World. And then there's some popular worship music or what, whatever Toby Mac released in recently, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, so they, they have their own little realm of, religious music you could almost add a fifth layer into this but it's just so self-explanatory that you might as well stick it in niche and yeah it's still very successful so it it almost like every artist specifically will find their own way into this system like i would say probably you could consider chris tomlin in the popular realm right because of the level of impact his uh, music makes on the christian community um, right. It might not break through on mainstream radio, obviously, but it certainly does for Christian radio. Right. So it, I think that's it's true kind of up all to of discretion the there. I think all of the styles you could have a, uh, it's kind of like a family tree. You start off with these four mm-hmm. and then you have the subcategories and those subcategories can branch out into four more categories. So I think it's yeah. like that with all yeah. of them that you could branch all of them out into more options. And then more stuff yeah. amongst itself, but um, I think that's a pretty this good. This one's an expansive idea. Yeah. So th- this episode kind of gives you guys a good, um, a good understanding, a good basis for how we kind of view 
our genres of music and where we like to fit, fit things. So in the future, if we say something's art music now, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we want to be able to have like a episode where we talk about acid jazz and we tell you what that is. And then at the end of it, we say this kind of fits into da, 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 art music. Right. Whatever. Yeah, and-, and so that that'll help us with um, communicating with you guys what we're talking about with different styles and if maybe something has come to the forefront into popular and snuck in there then you know what we're saying when we're talking right. about this stuff yeah because i know i used the term art music last week but i don't think i actually explained it so now you know what we're talking about yeah now it makes sense so now that we've talked about all of that I prepared a surprise. I was up quite late last night, and we are going to play a game. Oh, I didn't this know about this. This is a new segment. Yep. I, I told Tommy that I had a surprise, but I couldn't tell him about it because it, uh, it, it would break the point of the game. He would have been able oh, to gosh. prep. And hopefully he doesn't remember this, so the next time we play... He won't remember to get ready for it. It's going to come out of nowhere. I'm calling this the style trial. The style trial. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to name five different styles that are out there from the wonderful land of Wikipedia. And if you can tell me what they probably mean or get pretty de- daggone Ooh. close and you get three out of five then you win you win nothing but you win <laughs> hey, it's better than losing nothing wait <laughs> exactly so oh no um i i wrote down quite a good bit on these styles so that i can mention what they really are and give you a bit of a background but um i thought this was a fun way to dive deep out there into the world of music and there's some really hilarious stuff and also wikipedia can be absolute trash in helping me. Oh, so man. I was up until 1am last night really diving deep into these and finding what they sound like and hey i even discovered some cool stuff. So those of you out there uh if you're interested go check out some of this stuff because it's actually kind of fun. Um all right. So round 1 can you tell me what is cowpunk? Did, did I kill you with that one? Um, and actually, I, I heard, can you tell me what is? And then I heard nothing. <laughs> oh, well, that's funny. Cowpunk. <laughs> cowpunk. Oh, my gosh. What the heck would cowpunk be? Oh, man. Is it that thing where you go out to the barn and you play the trombone and all the cows come running up? Gosh! (laughs) if you go do a clash cover with a trombone (laughs) cowpunk London calling the cows from the field Uh, okay so I feel like it has to be something to do with punk rock um Mm -hmm. so would it be playing punk rock with a banjo well you're not far you're close enough that I would say that you get a point for that one So cowpunk is a combination of punk with country, folk, blues, basically country music. Probably the most fun fact about this is that it started in the UK in the 70s. So they took country music and put it to blues 
And then it started to pick up in California by the 80s. Okay. Um, I listened to a bit of it. It has like a punk drumming beats, uh, distorted guitars like in punk. But the singer's accent and the lyrics are all very country. That is so um, interesting. And they sing with that harsh, nasally sound that you hear in uh, 70s punk. So there's that mm. to a lot of their syllables and stuff, even though they have a country accent. But it's so, about losing your dog and your wife and your truck. And <laughs> yep, yep. So some featured bands that I saw, I've actually heard of possibly all three of these. They hmm. all sound very familiar to me, but I listened to them and didn't really recognize anything. But uh, there's the Beat Farmers, as in like uh, like Dwight Schrute uh, keeping the beat. <laughs> The beat um, farmers, oh Jason and the Scorchers, which I know I've heard Jason and the Scorchers before, but I mm. didn't recognize their music at all. Um, and then Meat Puppets. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it all sounds pretty doggone ridiculous. It's not that bad, I'll admit it, but it's a little too country for my taste. That is interesting. When I I've saw Cowpunk, I figured it might, sa- it might sound more like a cow pie, <laughs> but um, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Round two. Power violence. Wait. Did you hear me that time? Did you say <laughs> did you say violence? Power violence. Power violence. Mm-hmm. Heck. Oh man. That that is interesting. I I have no idea for that one. Um something to do so. Power, maybe something like Tower of Power, so like a funk thing with a like funk and heavy metal. I don't know how you do that, hmm. but uh, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll give you five more seconds to come up with something else for it. That would, oh gosh, um, power violence. I have no idea. Like screamo and funk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely nothing to do with funk. Uh, oh. The Tower of Power thing definitely threw you off there. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It would be really funny to hear them uh, do this crap, but <laughs> this is extremely dissonant and fast hardcore punk, usually with a sociopolitical charge to the lyrics, really bizarre timing breakdowns, constantly changing tempos. This is a style that came out of the late 80s. It was pioneered by a band called Infest. I couldn't actually find anything by them. I probably could have dove deeper, but I was already up pretty doggone late, and I still work today. Um, Then uh, everything that they make, it's really raw and underproduced. It sounds terrible, like real bad. Like Hmm. If you thought our podcast audio quality was bad, go listen to some of this stuff, and you'll appreciate us more than ever. they have nine <laughs> subscribers on YouTube Music. Oh, jeez. Uh, the songs are often stupidly short, like less than 20 seconds at times. I, I'm pretty sure that I saw somewhere when I first started looking this stuff up that uh, um, one of the bands out there has the world record for the shortest song ever played within a second. Hmm. But I could not find that last night for some reason. Um, I don't know how you consider that other than just hitting a note and then being done, but whatever. I, I didn't care. I hated this, the way this stuff sounded, so I ran away from it as soon as possible. 
examples of these bands, which are more of warnings to run far, far away. <laughs> and if you're a fan of this stuff, then good on you, because I could never listen to it. Um, and I, I'm, I w- was really into heavy metal and screamo back in high school, so that's saying something. Uh, uh, Plutocracy. Just actually, a, I've a, heard of them. That, that's I an think. all right name for a band that you don't want to listen to them, but that's an all right name. Uh, Spaz. That says everything. I didn't listen to this one. I I just I just saw that on a list and I was already done. And this one um, can tell you more than enough about the style. Man is the bastard. They were oh my the worst. Gosh. The worst. I hated it. I'm sorry if there's a fan out there in our listener base, but. Oh. Man, I I can respect you for being able to get through that music. All right, that that was power of violence. They have a album they released in 2014. Infest does. Apparently I'm not still- even sure that that's them because I listened to the sound and it like I don't know it didn't make any sense and I I don't know it doesn't really matter I was uh, mostly Nuclear focused on the style lust. itself but oh my gosh oh my gosh I mean maybe it is right the but- heck. I needed something. I'm gonna have to listen to this later. That realm, just out of curiosity, don't, but don't I feel like it. I'm gonna hate it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'll turn it up as loud as I can to. Your neighbors will hate you. Yeah, exactly. Um, It'll be great. All right, all right. <laughs> the next one, which I actually kind of liked, um, what little I heard of this one, it's not my favorite of these, but this one is called Moombaton. Moombaton. M O O M. So it's another kind of cow one. I didn't realize there was a theme here. There's a lot of cows. Oh. Moom baton. Not like a Moom baton, bon. but a beat. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, kinda. M O O M B A H T O N. For those of you looking uh to look this stuff up, it's actually it, it's alright. It's alright. But what is it? Okay, so I feel like this, just because of the name of it, I feel like it would have a lot of polyrhythm, a lot of percussion driven. Be like some sort of African based music. Mm. Maybe I'm completely wrong on that, but the name sounds like it could be something like that. Mm. Um, you might be on to something. Maybe I wouldn't dive too deeply into it though. Oh, okay. Well, you're in the ballpark. I'm in the ballpark. Oh gosh. Um, man. But 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 uh, maybe come back over the pond that is the Atlantic for. Some answers. So, okay. So some sort of Latin-based music then? Getting closer with that one. I'm getting closer? Oh, gosh. What could be closer yep. than that? Well, obviously there's, there's right like answer one little thing that you're... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Um, oh, gosh. Um, so if it's... So moon bottom. What in the world could that be? So, I feel like it's got to have some sort of like percussion-driven thing that just sounds like it would make sense. And that that is definitely true to okay. it, although maybe not in the way you're thinking exactly. Okay. Um. And you said Latin. Style is close, but not right. Mm-hmm. So is it some sort of like, oh gosh, um, like some sort of Brazilian thing? I guess that would kind of be Latin. 
you you're you're kind of not far off. I'll I'll just tell you what it is. Okay, because I'm never gonna um, get this one. Yep, yep. This one's a weird one. So this is a mixture of Dutch house, which um you you weren't even close to that one. Uh, that that might be my favorite name of a genre because it's also referred to as dirty Dutch, <laughs> and it is mixed with reggaeton. So that's oh, where it was. You were kind of yeah, close yeah, yeah, when yeah, you were yeah, saying yeah. like African beats and Latin stuff. Like it's it's that was, I was getting there. getting there, so but not quite. This basically, uh, from from my ear, it's kind of mixing electronic house music with a touch of reggae in there. Okay. So, um, that's not the way that Wikipedia described it. But when I looked up some of this stuff, then that's kind of what I was hearing a little bit. It's kind of nondescript because like it is with most of these styles sometimes they don't really follow their own rules um (laughs) so yeah really uh the identifying characteristic include also i'm reading this stuff from wikipedia so take it with a grain of salt um (laughs) it's a thick spread out bass line some dramatic builds and a two-step pulse with quick drum fills but it has no real rules beyond working within a 108 beat per minute range. So it already says that it doesn't actually define itself. Um, it has chopped up vocals, whatever that really means. I think that just means um, vocals that you mess a lot with a lot in post or take samples of. Um, dubstep influence bass sounds, so synth instead of bass, and extensive buildups. And then artists who have produced Moombatan. I don't know how this is pronounced. I'm so sorry if you love this music and I'm butchering the name. Um, it includes Delta Heavy, which they sounded all right. It was, you know, DJ music, but it was all right. Uh, Dylan Francis, Feed Me, Knife Party, and Noisia. Huh. So there you go. Moombatten. Interesting. So that, I've, that, I've that already lost right. the game. That feels though. right. Moombatten. Oh, no, I have no, to get the next two right no. to win the game. You, yep, if you get the next two, then you got it. Uh, except, unfortunately, I don't think there's any way that you could get this next one. <laughs> okay. If you do, well done on you. Actually, you know what? If you can get the way that they named this music, then you definitely get the point. Um, <laughs> so uh, this was probably my favorite of all of them. This one is called Squee. Squee, like squeegees. <laughs> kind of, yeah. S K W E E E. Three E's. Squee. Squee. Oh my gosh. I feel like if you say that you're a squee band, you have to hold squee <laughs> for a minute straight before you say band. We're a squee. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, is it kind of like ska? No. Uh, no. No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely go away from that. It's nothing like ska. Nothing even like though ska. the spelling is weird. We. Hmm. They definitely for the way that they named it, they took the word that squee kind of sounds like and just gave it a name. It's not squeegee. They took the word that squee sounds like and gave it a name. Uh huh. So squee has something to do with uh. Is it like squeaking, much how... like squeaks on a chalkboard and stuff like that? 
you're so close. You're so close. Oh, God. You have the right idea with, with, with taking the name. It's so close. What other words use squee? Squeal? Is it like... Re- no. <laughs> it could be... If it was squeal, it could be like they take samples of pig squealing and then... <laughs> auto tune. That would be so funny. I feel like you'd hear that in that power violence crap. <laughs> or cowpunk. Cow oh, yeah, yeah. That, pigs. that would be right. Okay, so it's not, not squeak. It's not squeal. Is it um, squeamish? Makes you want to vomit. Um, <laughs> Squeeze. Oh, my God. I have I no love idea. This style. Um, I like listening to Squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's a really good style, too. That's my favorite part, is it's ridiculous and it's actually pretty doggone good. Um, what could it be? I'll give you a big fat hint that it's actually a style of music that I pretty much already listened to and have recommended on the podcast pretty much. I don't li- I haven't listened to these artists specifically, but this is you could call stuff that I've recommended recently and in the past in this style. Is it something like like a disaster piece sort of thing? That's, that's pretty much exactly the direction. There's just something about it that uh, is the reason they call it squee. I'll give you one more shot for a squee word. If you can get the squee word, then you, you win a point. Squeakers. Um, squeamish. I don't know. I can't think of any It's one squee- syllable. I'll give you that. One syllable. Okay. So, squeal, squeak, squeam. There's, there's another one it's that I can It's painful to be on this end of it. Yeah, because yeah, you there, know there, the answer, but, but I don't. I knew I, I know that I would be really bad at this, so it's really squeeze. funny to be on this end. What? what? Anything to do with squeeze. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> It's Squeeze. So they came up with this name because the point of it is to take an analog synthesizer and to try to squeeze out the most interesting sounds possible. It was um interesting. The name was coined by the art the uh, the musician Daniel Savio. It uh, is a style that originated in Sweden and Finland. Uh, Squee combines simple synth slash chiptune leads. So like Disaster Piece and other stuff that I love listening to that right. kind of eight bit sixteen bit sound. Um, and it uses bass lines from funk, R&B, uh, soul, and, uh, and so it creates an overall stripped-down and funky sound. Uh, the tracks are mostly instrumental, obviously, and uh, that, that's about it. I absolutely love the music that I heard on this. There was an album on Spotify called Squee Tooth, like Sweet Tooth, but with Squee. Um, and that had a, a compilation of different artists. I would highly recommend the uh, listeners check that out, especially if they liked uh, looking up Disaster Piece or Scattle or anything like that. That's uh, really cool stuff. And um, I love the name so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Squee. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Our last one. I... I'm sorry, but I don't know how you'd get this one, but your homeland would be mad at you if you didn't. 
because My homeland. this, yeah, what the heck does that mean? this <laughs> final round, can you identify what is Florida breaks? I didn't hear what you said, so I don't know. <laughs> You're just trying to buy more time to think, aren't you? No, really. What is, <laughs> what is Florida breaks? Florida breaks. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the other names. It's also known as Tampa Breaks, so you have no excuse. Oh, God. Orlando Breaks, or the Orlando Sound. The Orlando Sound. What the heck? Um, I've never heard of this before. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So <laughs> from Tampa. I'm only like two hours south of Tampa, an hour and a half. How would I have never heard There's of this? There's like a... There's some very specific things about it that if you can name, then you definitely win. Um, it uh, Think about what is typical music in Florida, if you think with like a stereotype in mind. Well, it depends on where you're at, but there's a lot of country music in Florida. Definitely run away from that. Run away from that? Yep, don't follow that path. Don't follow that path. Okay, so we're not talking about, like, middle of the state. We're talking about city area. Um, uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Why, why can't I think of anything? Um, oh, my gosh. This is for all the marbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So it, let's say you're watching a TV show, and they have some kind of... Um, gangsta dude from florida and he was a quote-unquote musician in tampa or miami or something what kind of music do you think the quote-unquote musician might is he a soundcloud rapper performing <laughs> oh you're close with that one you're close you're 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 uh you're drawing close to there's it there's a lot of soundcloud rappers around here um Okay, and so what kind of uh, what what kind of musician do those usually work with? Do they usually work with? Uh huh. Like if it's a rapper or a hip hop person or a dance club, they work with a DJ. Ah, aha. Okay, so I'm on the so it's something about DJs. Oh yes, it is very much about DJs. But it says break, so I feel like it has something to do with break dancing. But maybe not. Probably. Probably. Oh gosh. I have no clue. Honestly, I'm just gonna give it to you from DJs because the rest of it is so nondescript that if you named anything from this, then you would win all of the points because the style is kind of bullcrap. Great. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> So this is basically uh, what DJs from the late 80s and 90s would play um, in Florida. It's um, it's the Florida version of the style breakbeat, um, which is taking a mix of hip hop and electronic sounds with sampling of jazz or funk beats or popular film oh. samples, and, which you've probably heard before. Like, I, I don't know if that... Uh, that one hip hop thing that um, uses Cantaloupe Island that might yeah, be considered like that's this. Probably... But honestly, when I listened to some of these examples, I didn't hear anything that this was referring to. So it, in my opinion, I wasn't able to actually find evidence of this style, but I had to include it in our first style trial because it's from your hometown. So, of course. Oh, gosh. Um, 
it uh it's supposed to have fast syncopated unrelenting bass lines compared to its uh its brother style in hip hop so it's supposed to be much faster but i did not hear that at all wikipedia didn't really tell me anybody that actually used this style but um spotify did have a playlist that somebody made um of florida <laughs> breaks music but honestly i'm not you can't really trust stuff that users have made on Spotify to be correct, but it had artists such as Baby Ann, DJ Icy, Decline and the Wizard, and Vlad. Oh, there you go. Florida Breaks. Huh. It, it was the least uh, descript of the styles, but I mean, maybe if I looked more into Breakbeat, it would make a tad bit more sense, but I mean, it was mostly for the giggles of taking a Florida style. I'm pretty sure that like Miami Latin Caribbean music is much more uh, a thing for Florida than this stuff. But yeah. Florida DJs is like a stereotype that I've seen well enough that I just threw that in there. That's crazy. That is so strange. Well, sampling jazz stuff. I, I mean, that's not a bad idea. It's fun. I've heard that before. That's definitely something that hip hop has done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that before. We mix hip hop and jazz, like that Cantaloupe Island thing you were talking about. Or like, remember when um, I was learning Scrapple from the Apple for my recital, and we listened to that hip hop version of it mm-hmm. instead of ba ba da ba da, they went ba do ba di ba da ba do ba ba da ba da ba da ba do da. It slowed it down so much. It was kind of cool, but totally not at all. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a band that I've been listening to on and off a little bit recently called uh, the, well, yeah, it's a band, um, the Robert 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 Glasper Experiment. Oh yeah, um, yeah, they're awesome. I, yeah, I I absolutely loved. Um, there's a there's stuff on Spotify is good, but there's a live performance. I sent you that video of them playing uh, smells uh, smells like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that. That was just incredible. What the drummer and piano, I think the drummer is Robert Glasper, but uh, yes, it is. And him and the piano player were, they, they were breaking the beat. Right. That's how to break the beat. They were pushing it so far that it, it, they were going so outside of the feel of the beat and pushing the envelope so far that it was like falling right back into the beat, into the pocket. It was incredible. I was so impressed with, how it felt so incredibly good, even though they were purposefully going off beat from each other and from the actual beat. And I, I'm a sucker for vocoder singing. And yeah. they, uh, that, that guy in there, I don't remember what his name is. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't have that much himself on Spotify, even though he has like a solo thing going on. Because um, I wanted to listen to his stuff more. But oof, that's some... That's some good music right there. And yeah, he, he has a bunch of other stuff. He's played it's a lot of his in infusing hip hop with with uh jazz standards and it's some good awesome stuff. I love it. It's so yeah, that, that would be awesome. my uh recommendation instead of Florida Breaks music, which <laughs> I'm not sure I even found. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well my brain has just been fried, so I don't really have a recommendation. <laughs> The Style Trial. Shall return. That was fun. That was fun. We got we to do that again. 
We should. Oh, um, one. You win a uh, nothing. You win nothing. Yeah, you, yeah. But you win. <laughs> you know, you win permission right to play to in one terrible style. <laughs> That's so funny. And you know, I've got my phone sitting right next to me. And since we're halfway across the country, I could have looked it up, and you never would have known. Oh, you totally could have cheated. I but. could have, and you never would have known. I could have been like, oh, yeah, Florida Breaks. I've heard of that before. And you would have thought I was being serious. <laughs> you would have let down this huge like biography of the entire history of it, and I just would have been like, you cheated. <laughs> <laughs> you lose. You get nothing. Good day, sir. Oh, man. All right, well, guys, I hope you liked this episode. That was a lot of fun. Um, we'll definitely have to do the style trials again. <laughs> oh, it, it shall return when you least expect it. So you can't, uh, study up. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> I hope that made the effect it did. I rolled away from the mic. <laughs> it it kind of sounded like it was getting quieter as you went. It, it seemed like it might. Yes. Have. We'll I'm find a master out. of audio. <laughs> we'll find out in post. Working the mic like a bus. <laughs> I tried to do better this week because last week I kept distorting the mic every time I laughed. So we'll see. I'll find out if I did better or not. But hey, our um, internet. Anyways, works. thank God. <laughs> thank you everybody for this listening. Is going to be so much easier. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. You keep making these episodes get better and better. We keep having more and more people find out about them. So keep sharing them. Um, and you know, interact with us on Instagram or Twitter. We want to hear from you guys. So. Um, we will see you guys next week. Squee!